Now the government has taken the decision to move forward with the National Health Insurance Bill, a plan for a state-run health care set to be signed off by the National Council of Provinces. With the aim of achieving universal health care coverage, the proposed system faces criticism from health care professionals. They argue that the NHI, in its current form, lacks clarity on funding, jeopardizes private health uh, provision, and may lead to an exodus of medical professionals. We unpack the government's push and its implications now with Rob Rose from Financial Mail. Rob, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Rob, I think what's uh, very clear at this point is there's absolutely uh, no philosophical debates about the need uh, for some form of a universal health care in South Africa. And you spoke to quite a few healthcare professionals here. Uh, are we all on the same page in that regard? For sure. I mean, the fact is, as it is, there are a lot of public hospitals and public utilities that are there where people don't get charged for it. But that's been largely left to rot. So I think that part of the frustration is that it's, this is a financing mechanism, um, but yet our public sector hasn't been hasn't been managed properly. There is a lot of money still in the healthcare system in the public sector, but it's not managed properly, and that's part of the problem. This NHI is a financing mechanism, um, but it's quite a wide-ranging one in that it's what it does is it effectively outlaws medical schemes and makes sure essentially that you and I will pay higher taxes and the money will then go into a national health insurance fund. From there, that fund will then contract with doctors and medical professionals. So essentially, you'll have one buyer of healthcare services in the country, um, which will then decide where you go. And it's, it, it reduces a lot of choice, but it's also the cost that is the real issue. Uh, the estimates range from 400 billion to 700 billion per year needed to fund this thing. So that's 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 you know for a lot of people that's the crux of the issue in a country that just doesn't have that kind of money. So where does that money come from? And the obvious answer is taxes. I'm going to get, uh, you know, some of the other uh, points that the medical professionals and doctors that you would have spoken to uh, raised there. Some, some of the issues they're worried about is their salaries and their pay and their earning potential as a, regard of, uh, as a result of uh, NHI. Well, certainly a lot of them don't want to be contracted to the state necessarily. Um, and I think that that is part of the problem is that the state will decide who you see. It will, you know, essentially your only client will be the government. And I think a lot of people don't like this. And I think for patients, it's about having choice as to who you see. So I think that's obviously been a, an, an issue for a lot of people. The doctors say that the real issue is that this won't, this won't guarantee quality health care. Um, and they see it as, as something that is potentially opening up a large a large tap of corruption given what's happened to other state-owned funds. If you looked at, look at the road accident fund, for example. So I think that's been a concern of many of the doctors. Um, and I think, you know, if you look at the statistics of various polls, the radiologists, for example, I think it was 30-something 30, 30 percent of them said they planned to leave because of NHI, um, and uh, another 23 percent were unsure. So it's, it's, it's creating a lot of anxiety amongst medical professionals, um, and I think that it's Certainly the medical aides obviously don't like it because they're going to be driven out of business. Um, but the question is, will this new system ensure quality health care for all? And I think that's, that's fundamentally the issue. What's also interesting is, uh, you know, you spoke to Dr. Nicholas Crisp, who's actually been uh, a pivotal in the drafting of this bill, and he did mention the issue of costs. I'm keen to get uh, thoughts on that, uh, on uh, costs overall, Rob. What we do know is healthcare inflation in South Africa does run ahead of uh, a normal CPI. 
and that medical aid is generally inaccessible to majority of South Africans. And I guess uh, that has been a big motiva a motivator here. Uh, but I'm keen to get your, uh, your thoughts on some of what he's shared uh, and why he thinks that this is uh, the right kind of policy uh, to move healthcare forward in South Africa. Well, I think his view is that essentially that there aren't many resources in the country um, and that this is a way of ensuring that the resources in our entire medical sector are shared more equitably. Um, as it is, the figure they keep pointing to is that I think it's something like 51% of our medical spe spending in the country goes towards the private sector, which looks after 16% of people and 49% of the resources or the money gets spent on the other, you know, the other massive amount, 84% of the population. So it's that issue. The, the problem is the financing mechanism. And the issue is that the, the private sector medical system is funded by people who pay privately for medical aid. Um, but at the same time, that same group is paying the majority of taxes. So 80% of the public health care bill is also funded by those same people. So there's a double counting there. And will those people be happy to pay a higher tax um, under the new NHI system? I must also then ask you about uh, the health minister, uh, Dr. Joe Pata. He mentioned the bill being disruptive. That's a very interesting word to use. Uh, keen to get some more insights on that. Well, essentially what he's saying is this is a fundamental overhaul of our existing health system. So he can understand, I asked him about the anxiety of the of the doctors, and he said he can obviously understand that given that, um, you know, it does completely disrupt the system. Um, it effectively removes medical aid and it becomes not a private um, free market system. It becomes a nationalized healthcare system in which medical aids don't exist really and you have one single buy of services. So it's a massive overhaul of the system. So he said in that context, you'll obviously have a lot of people upset about it and it's quite disruptive. Um, it's, yeah, I think, I think the private sector is very worried about what will happen. There is a big chance uh, that the bill will be passed. I think, uh, you know, it was supposed to be passed yesterday. All of this moved over until next week, uh, Rob. But it will be passed and then it will be so widely litigated uh, that it will be hard and almost impossible to implement. Yeah, the constitutional challenges will come from a number of fronts. I mean, firstly, the patients won't really have the right to choose who their professional will be. Uh, the medical the medical industry will, will argue it's their right to contract widely and, and to, you know, essentially choose their choose their client base. And I think that the just in terms of the process of this bill going through, there was some discussion in the National Council of Provinces, which is the second House of Parliament that has to pass this. Um, there was a lot of discussion about how the concerns raised in those parliamentary hearings, those NCOP hearings, haven't been reflected in in the paper and and the and what was ultimately um, voted on um, last week by the individual provinces. So the individual provinces essentially voted to approve this. It now goes to a full vote in the NCOP. And at this point, given the lack of um, the, the lack of contest amongst the provinces, it seems likely it'll it'll go through, which would then indicate that you know it's up to the president to sign it, enact it, and then roll it out. Well, only time will uh, tell, uh, Rob, and we can only also wonder if all of this is about to do with the election in one way or another. Thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. That was the editor for Financial Mail, Rob Rose.